Take from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, the show with two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. Hi, co-host John Trumbull. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, co-host Darren Patterson. Very good. And hey, happy uh, beginning of season 48 uh, day to you. Yay! Yes. Hooray. Happy season 48 for all those who celebrate. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, welcome. Welcome to any new listeners who might be sampling the podcast for the very first time. Do we have new listeners? I don't know. I'm an optimist, so I'm assuming yes, maybe. I don't know. We could. We could. Somebody could. Some new listeners might be starting in around episode 200 and are like, hey. It is theoretically possible someone's listening to this podcast for the first time and we're not just broadcasting to an ever-diminishing group of diehards. But I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. That's the spirit. Yeah. I mean, you know, something could pos- good could possibly be happening with us and the podcast. Hey man, anything is possible. Yeah, I mean just law of averages or yeah. Yeah, <sighs> absolutely. That's that's that, that's that positive can-do spirit we like to hear. Exactly. Uh, that's uh, this is the the strong optimism I want to start out a new season of SNL. <laughs> oh um, man. Well, I mean before we start about before we start talking about the new season, I guess we got to catch up on a little bit of SNL news. Uh, there was a little bit of SNL news that dropped that we weren't able to cover last week because uh, last week's episode when we did Running Scare with Tommy Ray, we we uh, pre-recorded that. We banked that episode for uh, like a few weeks ahead of time. Uh, so we weren't up to the minute on the SNL news last week, and we apologize for that. Right. So sorry about that. But uh, so in between... Now and uh, then, when we dropped that episode, right. uh, a little news happened. Uh, Chris Red left the show. Yeah, Chris Red announced that he was leaving the show. Which, honestly, that that's kind of a bummer for me, man. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Like, uh, I mean, when they announced that Melissa and Aristotle were leaving the show, I was like, all right, that's a bummer, but I I get it. That makes sense. I, yeah, the writing was on the wall. Exactly. Uh, when Alex left, uh, that kind of surprised me. I was like, that oh. That was surprising, but, you know, good long run. Yeah. Chris leaving shocked me. Like, I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. He, uh, he, I listened back to our our SNL in review thing, and you were you were like, oh, yeah, my money's on and nobody else leaving, or or you, you picked somebody else. But, like, Chris wasn't even a possibility. And, yeah, it, it feels like he wasn't done yet, but. No, absolutely. It feels like he had more to give the show. And I mean, yeah, to be to be perfectly frank, I was expecting him to be able to step up and be the guy after after Keenan left, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, um, again, like he was there for five seasons, which is which is, I believe, the same amount of time Adam Sandler was there. So he was there for a good time, but it felt like he was just getting started. I mean, yeah. Like he was, it, he was, he was in more and more sketches. Like every time you saw him, I think there was a couple episodes in uh, last season where he was in a majority of yeah. the show. Like he was like a good all around like utility player. Like he could, you know, mm-hmm. pull it back or he could like step it up and play it big. I mean, he had breakout roles with you know Eric Adams, the uh, the Will Smith sketch, 
Smokey Robinson, his Kanye West impression, and just him in, in general. He was always good for a laugh, just saying like one word or two. Like uh, no. I know a lot of people like that um, that game show sketch he was in where he just says pass. I believe it's the yeah. um, like why did you write why did you tweet that when it was uh, talking about Instagram? Yeah, like, like, I mean, uh, SNL doing that, that totally revolutionary thing where it's a game show sketch about how we use social media. And I mean, wow, you know, mm. such an original premise. I mean, I, well, well, now, we now we can revisit that. Yeah, uh, we're never going to talk about that again. Nope. Uh, <laughs> foreshadowing people. Uh, uh, but yeah, like I really, yeah. Yeah, like I really felt like he was gonna be on for long. Like I thought, like this year or this season would be like his big breakout, where like you know people yeah. would just be talking about Chris Red. And I also thought that too because I'm also I'm gonna get a little shout out to another uh, podcast friend of ours, the uh, SNL Network, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. John Schneider, which I believe yeah. now they've rebranded it to called they call it Saturday Night Network now. See, and, that's confusing. That's you know, just, yeah, just stick with the name. Yeah, it's like branding. Fun. Yeah, SNL nerd. That's all we're. That's all we're going by. Branding. Although I will, I will say that if the SNL nerds Twitter handle ever opens up from that person who has literally never used it once, we are snapping that thing up and not looking back. Yeah. No. Absolutely. We are. Like as soon as that person's gone, we are moving in too sweet. We're we're gentrifying that 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 Twitter handle exactly. Immediate luxury rentals right on that Twitter handle immediately. <laughs> All right, exactly. But enough about our social media bitterness. Um, right. <laughs> this, this is about Chris Red, right? So, uh, so on the SNL network now, Saturday Night Network, uh, they actually uh, John Schneider got to interview Chris Red for a few minutes on the podcast, and oh, nice. Chris Red, yeah, it was a good interview. I highly recommend go listen was, to it. This was post his departure. No, no, pre. This was this okay. was this summer. This was like. Okay. Uh, I think July or August. Summer. Mm. It was this summer, definitely. Well, and they were talking. He was he was leaving at that point. He definitely wasn't because when he talked about SNL, he was like, "Yeah, I can't wait to get back onto the show. You know, got some new ideas for sketches. Can't wait. Can't wait to get back in, develop and write them, and you know, uh, do my thing." Like he was re- he was looking forward to getting back on the show. So to go from huh. that, yeah. So to go from that to this, him leaving is like that's odd. Like, did something happen? That's like what what happened? He's, here? he's either playing his cards really close to the vest, uh, or or yeah, it was an, an abrupt thing. Yeah, huh. I know, and I know people are saying it might have something to do with. The, I didn't. This is I didn't tweet it out on our Twitter handle, but that whole sort of, I guess you know, gossipy thing about who Chris Red is dating now. Maybe that had something to do with it. But yeah, like, uh, it's being reported that he's dating. Keenan Thompson's ex-wife, which I and I haven't looked into that story beyond the headline. Um, I don't even. When did Keenan get divorced? First of all, I haven't even looked that up. Do we know that? that? Might have been. I feel like it was like a year ago. Oh, okay. So recent. It was fairly recently. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I mean, I don't know if that had anything to do with it or something else, but it is. It's a very abrupt and. Odd yeah. depart- I, I feel like there's more story there, but we probably either will never hear it or maybe we might hear about it like years from now after it's everything's okay. been his, cooled his down. His ex-wife, uh, Christina Evangeline, and it says in quotes here, I'm reading this on Us Magazine, she's the happiest she's ever been dating Chris Red. Yeah. So, Dang. 
They started dating Damn. the beginning of this year. So, and they met before they started doing SNL and have been friends for years. Um, and now there's a stupid pop-up ad and I can't really read more. Um, so. Okay. Oh, all right. Know. So, uh, is, is Keenan okay like with this? Are, are they, are they friendly? Are, I mean, cause you know, maybe they have like a really evolved relationship where he's like, Hey, you know who you should date? My friend, Chris Red. I guess they're, I guess I mean, so. Right, so awesome. Or, or maybe there's bad blood. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, according to what I'm reading on in a uh, People magazine, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they filed for divorce back in uh, June of this month. Oh, that's really recent. It's really recent. <laughs> wait, wait, but 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 the thing I just read said Chris Red was dating her since the beginning of this year. Oh, well, I mean, it oh. says, uh, yeah, Keenan Thompson files for divorce from strange wife, June fifteenth, twenty twenty two. Uh huh. Mm. That's quick. Mm. That's wow. Ooh, and they were co-stars on Keenan's sitcom. <sighs> and wow. Okay. Lay- Layla got me down on my knees. I uh, oh, I see a headline from three days ago. It says source claims Keenan Thompson had Chris Red fired from SNL over alleged affair with his wife. Oh, holy shit. Ooh. Oh my god. It's getting spicy, oh, y'all. This isn't getting juicy. Uh, <laughs> Hot goss. Red told people being part of SNL has been the experience of a lifetime. Five years ago, I walked into 30 Rock knowing that this was an amazing opportunity for growth. Now, with friends who have become family and memories I will cherish forever, I am grateful to Lorne Michaels and to the entire SNL organization. From the bottom of my heart, I can't thank you all enough. Um... While TMZ reported that Red and Evangeline were dating, a source close to the couple claimed that there is no bad blood between Thompson and Red. Hmm. They became official within the last year and that there was no cheating or overlap in the relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started dating after Keener and Christina split. Uh, romance is quite new. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in April 2021, Thompson Evangeline called it quits after being married for 10 years. They've been separated for more than a year. And in June 2022, news emerged Thompson filed paperwork in May to end his marriage with Evangeline. This is uh, this is messy. They have two daughters, seven and three. Oh, this Okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, at the tail end of this article, it reminds me of a thing that uh, in Keenan's sitcom, Keenan was a widower. Oh. He, he did a sitcom about his life and he made himself a widower. That's that's weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, honey. Uh, so I saw this new sitcom you were you're developing. Um, I'm dead in it. Is this what's going on, Keenan? Yeah, wow. Uh yeah. So surprising that relationship didn't work. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just fantasy, baby. It, it, it don't mean nothing. Wow. Mm. I don't I don't know what to think there. That's uh I just I you just heard me learning about all this in real time, basically, outside yeah. of the headline. Um because I didn't know how recent it was. I didn't even know the name of Keenan's wife or ex wife until Yeah, then. it's uh it's a, it's a whole lot of messy here happening. Yeah. Man, uh, but, uh, okay. 
I'm bearing the lead here. Then the lead for me is I am going to miss Chris Red on the show, and I'm yes. sorry that he is leaving the show. Yeah, like he he had a few more years in him. I I really wish. I mean, I wish him nothing for the best. I know he has like a project on HBO Max coming out, and he pro- I think he still has a good relationship with NBC Universal. So yeah. he has some. I hope he has so. some. Yeah, he has some stuff coming out, but uh, damn it, he he was so good on and SNL. Like it's yeah. SNL, it's. They took a hit when he left. I'll I think, I think my favorite things that he ever did on the show were, they were both pre-tapes. He did one called It's in the Game, where he was like a really, really stupid criminal. Yes, yes. Uh, he did that with, you know, Mikey Day, giving great support, acting incredulous in that Mikey Day way. And also the uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air parody. All right. That sure. was genius. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Where 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 Will is is getting targeted by street toughs and you know things take a turn. <laughs> oh, indeed. Yeah, I mean, just just you know, Google SNL Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and I'm sure you'll find it. Uh, if oh, you remember that? That was from when uh, who was who was the host on that? Um, uh, Harry Styles. Was, no, it was it was the the actress, the red haired actress, the. Um, oh, you're talking about the uh, Fresh Prince one. I, I was, talk, I was talking Prince. about the uh, in the game. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't remember who was hosting on the. It, it's in the game. It's um. Uh, blanking on her name, the red-haired actress who's not Ron Howard's daughter, Jessica oh. Chastain. Jessica Chastain. That's it. Good, good. Um, yes. Jessica Chastain, and she was yeah. So, anyway. great sketch. That was a good one. Yeah. So, um, hey, Chris Red, if you ever want to come on the podcast, uh, you know, feel free. Uh, John Schneider will put in a good word for us, I guess. Yeah, we're cool. Yeah, and and we won't we won't pester you about your personal life because honestly, that's none of our business. And to be totally real, we've reached the extent of how much we care about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's none we're of our all... business who you're dating or why you're dating or that's whatever. Right. Yeah. Care about your 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 body of work, good sir. Exactly. That's, that's where the interest lies. Exactly. I'm so glad that that sentence finished up with "of work." <laughs> We're interested in your body. We care oh. about your body, sir. Of work. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah. So now, so now he left the show. So now SNL eight cast members have left since the last season, which is uh, that's a lot. It's a lot, Not but so then again, but then again, we've been talking, we've been saying the cast is too bloated. We need to, we need yeah. to shake up. So we're and, well, hey, they've added four, so <laughs> really yeah. we've lost four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so now we got to shake up. We got a new show. We got a new vibe. We got a new a logo. We got a new opening. We got a very bland logo. I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the logo? I am not impressed with the new SNL logo. It doesn't. It doesn't grab me. It's it's one of the blander logos they've had. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it on the show. I'm seeing it on the monitors at the beginning when the host walks out for the monologue, and I'm just like, nope, don't like that logo. Not not, not good. Not, <laughs> yeah, there's there's no oomph to it. Yeah, no pizzazz. Yeah, you need no, you need a little razzmatazz, little va va voom. Yeah. So it just. 
yeah, so new logo doesn't grab me. Uh, there's also new opening credits. Do we want to? Should we talk about that now, or should we go that in in the show order? Um, hmm. let's talk about the let's talk about the opening credits now, and then we'll go back to the cold open. Okay, new opening credits. Uh, I just watched them for the first time a few minutes ago because I I watched the show via YouTube this week. Um, they're all right. They don't. <laughs> I'm I'm not in love with them. Um, maybe I'll I'll love them more in the weeks to come. Your voice got really high there. <laughs> it's all right, <laughs> you know. It's, uh, um, it's it, they're fine. Yeah, I mean, it's their color. It's it's kind of funky when it's like with the newer people, like uh, James Austin Johnson, Andrew Dismukes, and and Sarah Sherman. Right. It's weird to see like them doing a second opening credit sequence already because they've only got like a season under their belt. Um, right. And they're still featured players. That featured players are still exactly, uh, exactly. Right, which right. which is a freaking crime with those two. Um, yeah. I mean, there they weren't a good amount of sketches. I mean, I think it's only a matter of time before they get bumped up to the to main players. But I think they it's this yeah. thing SNL does where like the first two years you have to be you know, featuring, and then after the... You serve in, like, your SNL apprenticeship, yeah. Exactly. You have to... It's your internship. Like, yeah. once once you get done with this, then you can you can be on... Uh, play with the big boys. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, as far as the new opening goes, I like it. Like you said, it's very colorful. I like the little uh, slow-mo moments in mm-hmm. between when they zoom in on each, uh, each of the players. Um, there was like a little bit of controversy I noticed online because uh, Cecily Strong is not featured. There are a the- lot of headlines that are like, is Cecily Strong quiet quitting? And it's like, well, no, she's just missing the first few shows of the season because she's doing uh, her, her play, uh, The Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe. She's doing that out in L.A. So obviously she wasn't in New York City to shoot a new opening sequence. The latter in. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. She'll be back. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Like she just, she yeah, like she she just wasn't in town to film her part. But like, uh, be cool, my babies. It's us. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get more Sicily. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I wasn't expecting a, a pimp talk from you so early in the afternoon, John. No, I was I was going more for for Conan O'Brien, but okay. Oh, okay. I thought you were like, hey, what up, baby? Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. I thought that's where you were going. No, I I, I do not have the self confidence to pull that off. <laughs> Be real here, um, but uh, thank you for for thinking that. <laughs> it's like it's all right, baby. Johnny T is gonna get you your money. You know you're my number one, bitch. Pimp talk. Talk with John and Darren. Yeah. That's our new, that's our new spinoff uh, podcast for the off weeks this season. We're do, we're doing something new. We're we're done with the SNL movies. We're gonna, we're going to do pimp talk. Yeah, Frank, you hear that? We're do, we're doing a spinoff pimp we're talk. Do, we're doing pimp talk because uh, from what I hear, pimping not easy. It's not. It's really not pimp talk. Johnny T and Big Daddy Darren, <laughs> <laughs> or something. No, that's it. You you you've struck gold, my friend. Johnny T and Big Daddy Darren. Yeah, we're either pimps or uh, morning zoo DJs. Uh, it, that's the beauty of it. It can work for both things. <laughs> Versatile task. 
<laughs> we'll be morning zoo DJs who pimp on the side. That's, right. that's our new sitcom right there. <laughs> that That's our NBC sitcom, and we will write a supporting part for Chris Redd. <laughs> morning zoo DJs in the, by day, pimps by night. Pimps by night. <laughs> wow, this, is, this got legs. <laughs> morning zoo nights. <laughs> What the hell were we talking about? What? what? Uh, the new opening. <laughs> the new opening. I was reassuring people that Cecily Strong will be back before too long. I think she's coming. I think she's done with that run out in L.A. by the end of October. So she'll probably be uh, back on the show in a month's time. Right. And uh, they'll film her part. They'll just edit it into the opening and that'll be yeah. it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And in the meantime, I like that Bowen Yang is representing and he has a dog. In the opening credits, it's nice that if Cecily Strong cannot be there with her dog Lucy, yes, I know the name of her dog, uh, that Bowen Yang could be there with a dog, his dog. I don't know. We'll do some research on that and get back to you. He just stole a dog. <laughs> yeah, maybe he just stole a dog. Maybe it's just some rando SNL groupie dog. I don't know. <laughs> Officer Bowen Yang stole my dog. At, look, hey, Bowen Yang should be allowed to steal all the dogs he wants, or That's well. Right. At least a moderate number of dogs. Yeah, yeah, and it, uh, five at the at the most. Anything else? Yeah, is... let's cap them at five. Boeing yeah. and... is allowed to steal five dogs. Yeah, any more than that, you're just a dog walker. Yes, <laughs> true, true. Okay, um, but you know, hey, it's always fun to see a new opening, and yeah, it's it's fun to see this one. I wasn't really sick of the old one, but I guess they'd had so much turnover, they figured it was a good time to do it. Yeah. It's it's uh yeah it made I mean I, I I kind of expected them to be a new opening and a new logo because like you said like so many people left yeah got some this is like supposed to be like the rebirth of SNL like the renewal season so of course you yeah I mean logo. I I kind of figured we would see a new opening because it just it just makes sense to do it now absolutely it's I mean with all those people leaving uh it is kind of the end of an era or this the transition into a new one so. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, cold Open. Cold yeah. Open. Uh, we've got a Monday Night Football Cold Open with uh, our host, Miles Teller, mm-hmm. as uh, Peyton Manning and Andrew Dismukes as Eli Manning. And uh, Not a bad this... Peyton Manning impression, I would say. No, not at all. He kind of looks like him, too. Yeah, there's, a, there's enough of a resemblance. I could see Miles Teller playing Peyton Manning in a biopic. Absolutely. I you mean, I, I won't see it, but I could see it. <laughs> That's right. You hear that, uh, Pete, uh, Miles Teller's agent? Get on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I cut you off. You were about to say something. No, that was it. Uh, just, you know, uh, Miles' agent, get on that. Peyton Manning, the biopic. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I I was talking earlier, but all right. So we got we got Miles Teller as Peyton Manning, Andrew Dismukes as Eli, and the joke here is they're doing, like, football-style analysis during – the opening sketch of SNL. Yeah, and it, it basically uh, it gets super meta, super quick. It's yeah. like it's the two of them giving commentary on the uh, cold open SNL and basically doing what we do here on the podcast. Yes, like in real time. <laughs> yeah, very much so. It's, yeah, it's like like I think at the they said all right. So the establishing shot is Mar-a-Lago, and then um, oh, uh, another it, Trump sketch. Oh, yeah, yeah, which is exactly something that I would say. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, in that yeah. tone of voice too. In uh, that tone, yes, and yeah, and then they kind of go. T- they just break down all the things that 
podcasters and people online have been saying are wrong with the cold open. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like very quickly I was like, okay, so instead of fixing their cold open formula, they're just doing an intentionally lame cold open and commenting on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's a way to do it, I guess. I mean, I think I will be okay with this if this is like the last time they do a cold open like this. If they break all these formulas going forward, then I will be happier. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was an uh, interesting idea. I, I did like the meta-ness of it. Like um, how uh, what they said Heidi comes in, Heidi Gardner comes in doing an impression of the governor of South Dakota and... Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Peyton Manning says, oh, she kind of fumbled it. Yeah. Um, you know, gratuitous stunt casting because out of nowhere we get uh, Sean White coming in. Yeah. As, as, like, as a totally judge. random cameo. And then and, and John Hamm comes in, uh, Miles Teller's Top Gun Maverick co-star, uh, which mainly just made me want to want John Hamm to host again. Yes. Yeah. He he still got it. The dude's hilarious. <laughs> Like this I still haven't watched uh, his new uh, Fletch movie, uh, Confess Fletch. I gotta, I gotta check that out. But uh, yeah, he, he sells it three times. He kills it. it yeah, let let's get John Hamm in the Five Timers Club. Come on. Yeah, the dude's dude the hoot, a hoot. Yeah. I say. And you know, uh, plus, plus, we all get to watch John Hamm for an hour and a half. And who doesn't want to do that? Man's a man's a dreamboat. Yeah, I mean, I'm hetero, but still, I will look at John Hamm for an hour and a half. I will look at John Hamm for a full two hours. Yeah, man's gorgeous. I mean, you know, I'd go full grimace for that. Yeah, you get you get lost in his eyes. Oh, in his eyes, the Um, light, the heat. (laughs) (laughs) Don't sing more. We we don't want to pay for that. Got it. Um, That's why I, I stopped. Did, I did like a bit where they they were like, "Oh, and Sarah Sherman's peeking in the window, and now she realizes she's caught on camera, and she's trying to like get off camera." I thought that was cute, um, but overall, I thought this was an idea that worked a little better on paper than it did in execution. You know, uh, I get. Yeah, I mean, I make, now that I think about, it, like, I liked it because of the meta ness of it and how, mm-hmm. like, it, it addresses the problems that, that we've talked about on this podcast. You know, yeah. ad nauseum. <laughs> that have been on this thing like like i like how bowen is trying to put in his own catchphrase it is what it is like yeah. um i like how they make fun of the new cast members doing some dance called the gritty which i guess is a big thing on tiktok and then i guess that's say, the trendy dance now i mean it is literally the first time i've seen that dance but okay yeah and like they even comment saying oh this is just SNL trying to be relevant and be hip with the kids um, I like how they they slipped they slid in a quick joke about how SNL takes more digs at Republicans than they do Democrats. I mean, yeah. there's you know they even brought in uh, Devin Walker, who's like one of the new cast members, as uh, the corn kid, which I guess is like an, a meme out there now. Like, I mean, th- there I, I thought that was just him like randomly doing a new character, but uh, okay, yeah, maybe it's a meme. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's like some new meme thing. So I liked. A part of me liked it because part of me saw this as them saying, yeah, we know what you guys are saying about our cold opens. You know, we know what you think of us and, yeah, we're, we're willing to make fun of it. So, like, my part of me thought, like, uh, like, all right, I like this because, like, in a way it's them saying, like, going forward, they're not going to do this anymore. And, like, going forward, they're gonna, we're going to see new, bigger, better stuff. And um, I, I don't know if they were promising that. I feel like 
my gut feeling is that they were just doing a sketch acknowledging it, and then they're probably going to go back to the same old cold open formulas. I hope I'm wrong on that. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, according to this episode, your gut was, I mean, you know, yeah, your gut, it, in my eyes, your gut was kind of spot on, but we'll, it fe- we'll get it there. Feels, it feels very SNL to like, we're going to acknowledge the flaws, but not do anything to change them. Mm. yeah it it sounds like you like this more than i did this one didn't really work for me overall i would i would say this is probably uh this might be my sketch of the night but like i I didn't like love it but i did yeah i did get some kicks out of it i like john ham's energy in it and like i i liked how he commented on ham's energy yeah yeah i liked how he commented on how like when he saw sean white there he was saying yeah sometimes you know in the cold open they'll bring in a, a celebrity cameo, especially, you know, when they not confident in the host. To... I, I did like that. And then, you know, we have Miles Teller in character as Peyton Manning and saying like, well, you know, they rarely put the host in the cold open though. So that's kind of a vote of confidence. I mean, there were some good points and some good moments in this. I just, overall, I wasn't, I wasn't too nuts about it. All right. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, I, this is, this might be the sketch I liked the most, which I mean, okay. we'll get into it, but like, I don't know, this episode was uh, not mm. not a great start to the season. I don't, mm. I don't just say. Um, yeah, I mean, for for me, bottom line for the cold open, I I didn't really need a sketch acknowledging the problems of the cold opens because I know what the problems with the cold opens are. I I'd rather they just improved it instead of doing a sketch acknowledging here's what's wrong with them. Yeah. No. Fair yeah. enough. Fair yeah. enough. All right, so next uh, Miles Teller monologue uh, comes out, gives a monologue. 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 Yeah, um, uh, yeah I mean, it's, uh, he touches on a lot of things about like how he looks like Rachel Maddow, uh-huh. talks about how he's in um, Top, you Gun. Know, Top, Top Gun Maverick, a movie loved by the military and the gay community. Yeah. Did you see Top Gun Maverick? I didn't. I did not, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. Like people yeah. who's opinion i kind of respect and like they're saying yeah no it's 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 really good it was getting like sort of a rapturous reception and it it earned like all the money and so i i just have no interest in it because well tom cruise and top gun right Uh, but but i mean from what i'm saying from what i hear it's people say it's better than top gun it's actually an improvement on the original top gun okay I mean, so. and hey, and hey, if you enjoyed Top Gun Maverick, that's fine. That's great. Uh, that's that's wonderful. It's just not my thing. But you okay. know, no shade on anybody who who likes Top Gun Maverick. Just Stole not my bag. Stole my bag, baby. Not my bag, baby. Um, what do you think of Miles Teller overall? What's your, what's your general opinion on him? Uh, you mean in his his overall like in this monologue or just him in general? Him in general. Like, I mean, what was your reaction when you heard he was hosting? I I, I thought it was a very surprising choice. Uh, I did too. I thought uh, I thought he was okay. Uh, I, I think he's a good actor. Um, mm-hmm. I loved him in Whiplash. I thought Whiplash is a fantastic film. If I anybody just, hasn't seen it. I just recently saw Whiplash for the very first time in like the last six months, and yeah, that's an amazing movie, amazing piece of work. And yeah, I totally get why J.K. Simmons won that Oscar. Um, right. That, uh, something about Miles Teller I find kind of off-putting, though. He, mm. he gives off this douchey vibe at times. Okay, I could see. I that. don't know if it's him or if it's the parts he plays, or but yeah, there's something I find a little off-putting about him. I mean, is it just his face, or is it, it just his... his look? At, you know, maybe it has as as Colin Justice titled a book. Uh, maybe he has a punchable face. I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I could 
I, I, I see what you mean. I think a lot of people kind of feel that way. It's like, yeah. he is a good actor. He's done a lot of good films like uh, this and, uh, you know, Top Gun Maverick. And let's, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll not, let's not talk about Fantastic Four. Let's but he's, <laughs> he's done good stuff. But yeah, he, at the same time, it's like something about him that sort of prevents you from just going all in with him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't it. unabashedly love him the way I do like a John Hamm. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, John Hamm, he's just, the, he's just, the, he's just dreamy. He he also most. did that thing in the monologue where, uh, you know, the hosts try to kind of get our sympathies on their side by they show, they show like a humiliating video of themselves as kids. And that, this seems like a new go-to for SNL hosts in the monologue now. That's right. So all you people who want to host SNL in the future, and if you're like 10 to 11 years old, videotape yourself doing an SNL sketch and hold on yeah. to that. And maybe 10 years. Make the humiliating video now. Then you can show it on SNL in 10 or 20 years. I feel like if I don't see this again for at least six weeks, I would be very happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. Well, for those that don't know, so uh, in the video, it's like whole, an old home movie of Miles Teller and his sister doing the uh, the Spartan cheerleader routine yeah. from SNL. Like Very you know, young like, Miles Teller. Like Yeah. And uh, I think he said his other sister. Sorry? How old was he in the video? Like seven, eight? Yeah, I, I would say around that age. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a cute video. It's very endearing and adorable. Like, uh, you know, it's pretty much like when uh, Oscar Isaac showed his home movies as a kid. It's like, oh, right. it's adorable. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's it seems to be something new that they're doing to sort of endear the host to the audience to be like, oh, he was a child. That's adorable. Yeah, I just I don't want to see. It feels like it's becoming another go-to thing for them to do, and it's going to get really played out if they if they do this a whole lot more, you know? I could see that. Yeah, now that you think about it, they kind of did that also with uh, Kieran Culkin when mm -hmm. they got the footage when he was on SNL with his brother Macaulay hosted. Right. Mm. But, hey, I totally get why they did it, because it's him as a kid doing an SNL character, and he's playing the Sherry O'Terry part. They're doing the SNL, the Spartan cheerleaders. And right. you know, Miles Teller in a pink tank top, and you know his mom dug up the video, and you have something that humiliating, and it's SNL related. Yeah, of course you're going to show it on the show. Absolutely, humiliation uh, uh, wins hearts here at SNL. Yeah, yeah. So decent monologue, I suppose. It, it didn't really send me. Yeah, I thought it was decent. The monologue yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is cute. It has some good jokes. All right, let's. Uh, Let's continue on with the show. <laughs> continue on with the show. First sketch, send something normal. And it's uh, a totally uncharted territory for SNL. It's a game show sketch. <laughs> yes, I know. But wait, there's more. It's a game show sketch about how we use social media. We just talked about that a few minutes ago. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um, so it's all the contestants are guys replying to a woman's DM on Instagram. And the challenge is just to send something normal and not something creepy. Because this is, I mean, I, you know, I guess I guess a lot of the, the women uh, writers, cast members got harassed a lot on Instagram over the summer hiatus. I'm sorry for that, ladies. Um, yeah. We as a gender are horrible. We really are. <laughs> we, we are awful. Um, but yeah, see, the thing about this sketch is like when I heard that when they set the premise, I thought, Oh, this is interesting. They're going to show just regular dudes and how dudes get creepy yeah. and like, you know, send uh, 
unsolicited uh, creepiness through women's DM. That's an interesting premise. But then they flipped it and they made the contestants three uh, celebrities who have who are uh, who've gotten to some uh, hot water over some things they've sent. So instead of it being like a general thing about how dudes are creepy, it became no these celebrities are creepy. These particular yeah. specific celebrities did creepy. Yeah, I, like Andy Hoagland, our our friend who does the uh, SNL recaps for Entertainment Weekly. Um, he, he commented that this had the feel of like SNL kind of catching up on all the stories that they missed over the summer. Yeah. So, mm. You know, so Miles Teller is the host of the, the game show. And the first contestant is Mikey Day as uh, Adam Levine from Maroon 5. And, right. And uh, I mean, Adam and it's basically if you don't know, Adam Levine kind of got in a little hot water because uh, I think he was like, you know, sending some. uh salacious uh text to another woman while his uh pregnant supermodel wife was at home or, or having mm-hmm. a kid or something and it uh not a good look as they what say. is that not okay anymore <laughs> oh boy ah oh. <laughs> like, you, you can't even cheat on your pregnant wife anymore i mean what are we coming to is this how pc we're getting as a culture yo thanks woke cucks yeah all the woke cuck liberal woke cuck coke cucks yeah. Cuck. Um, <laughs> what about, yeah, what, what about He-Hulk? How come, what's up with all the She-Hulk, too? Dwarf yeah, yeah. And Lizzo and flutes. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and then then we have James Austin Johnson as Army Hammer, who cheated on his wife and also is, has fantasies about being a cannibal. Yeah, apparently he was, like, uh, sending text to a, a woman about, like, you know, like some disturbing stuff about him having like BDSM and cannibal and rape fantasies. Yeah. And like, I think one of the women he was in a relationship with kind of came forward saying he's a bit of a abusive person. And uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's like, as far as Hollywood goes, he's been kind of, you know, outed. He, he's not, not outed, but done. And there was a story like a few months ago that he's now like working, selling timeshares in the Cayman Islands. I think it is a good gig. And and Robert Downey Jr. had sent him some money or was helping him out in recovery. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, that that's that's a whole weird thing. Go. Army Hammer is an interesting Google now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I I mean, I I don't know if he'll ever come back. He might. But I it's I don't know. It's that's be- that's so out there. That's so extreme. I, I have a tough time seeing it. And it's not like he was ever huge box office to begin with. Yeah, I mean, he had, well, he had a good career. He was he was in a lot of stuff. I mean, I just I just recently saw him in uh, the Kenneth Branagh version of of Death on the on the Nile, and a good movie. Uh, and he's good in it if you can get past the Army Hammer of it all. Okay. Uh, so you know, and if you have trouble watching it, yep, totally get it. That's fine. Not saying you <laughs> you should. Um. So yeah, so James Lawson Johnson was Army Hammer, and then they have Keenan as Neil deGrasse Tyson, which I thought was a little weird because it seemed like with him they were treating it like Neil deGrasse Tyson never had a scandal. Yeah, he like did he, he kind of did, but then it kind of just went away. It, this is the weird thing with our like the way yeah. we ingest media now and the news, just because like some things will come up in the news, but then we get bombarded with such with like all these other news like yeah. every day, then that little thing of news kind of gets lost in the shuffle and then no one remembers it. And everybody's like, Oh yeah. Didn't something happen with him? Well, or I guess. Was he like, 
investigated it and then like sort of vindicated or yeah. or was it just were his offenses so minor that he was able to just kind of go on like he was going i i honestly don't know i don't i don't follow every one of these because who has the time and the energy but not me yeah but yeah neil degrasse tyson is just basically back to what he was he was like i think he's still hosting nova or and being a party pooper on twitter saying like oh (laughs) oh, actually you know the the earth isn't rotating right in this shot and and being very anal retentive about scientific accuracy um so i thought that was weird yeah it was a weird thing like uh, all right so i'm looking it up now it says yeah during November and December of 2018, so, uh, four women came forward and said, uh-huh. accused him of mis- uh, sexual misconduct. Uh, one woman accused him of drugging and raping her while there were grad students at UT Austin in 84. Good oh, Lord. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, That's again, true. again, like no one remembered. It, it just kind of went away. Or it just maybe it was proven he didn't do it. But uh, yeah, it's it's. The Neil deGrasse Tyson choice was a uh, was an interesting one. Was an I, I think one. it's just because it's like maybe it's one of those people who's in Keenan's repertoire of impressions, and and it is a decent Neil deGrasse Tyson. I he he's got a take on him. Yeah, uh, I yeah, know. I guess. And, uh, and then and then lastly, we have we have Bowen Yang playing himself. Yes. Who, and, who uh, does send weird things to women on Instagram, which he attributes that success to his being gay. That's right. <laughs> the gay people are then they they ain't creepy like us heteros, right? Um, yeah. I don't, what so I don't know. What are your thoughts on this sketch? Like, I I thought it was all right. Uh, you know, I I thought it was all right. Uh, I see why they led with it as the first sketch. I I couldn't get fully into it just because you know SNL doing a game show. Mm-hmm. Thing is just such well-trodden ground and they've they've done other game show sketches about people using or misusing social media so in a season premiere you're really kind of hoping to see something more original not something that snl has done tons of time before it's like really you've had all summer off and this is the the best idea that you come back with I, so i was a little disappointed with it in that regard yeah, like I thought it was interesting. I again, I thought it would have been better if it was just regular guys instead of celebrities, just so it could be like more of a general thing where more people could sort of relate to it and identify with it instead of making it these specific celebrities where you have to know the uh, the backstory in order to really get the sketch. Like right. you have to know what Army Hammered has done. So right. like so, I knew about the Army Hammer thing and I vaguely knew about the Adam Levine thing. Um and I was like, oh geez, if I'd known SNL was gonna hit on this, I would have paid attention to this story over the summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like like even when um James Dawson Johnson and as Army Hammer says the line, I want to break open your bones and suck out the marrow, like yeah. that doesn't I mean it's a weird line, but it hits even harder once you know what Army Hammer did. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I thought and I also I did like the twist at the end where Bowen is thinks he's going to walk away with uh, this game, uh, you know, with with mm-hmm. with this game and win it all. But then there's a little curveball where the host sends him like a, tw- a tweet from a Dua Lipa and then he gets yeah. just as, you know, 
nerdy the exact and... same pervy response that exactly yeah. so i was like all right that's an interesting twist yeah uh, but yeah like other than that i was like this mm, i see why you would they why they went with it first but it's still not super strong it was it was decent but it didn't really grab me personally uh, right absolutely that's about the most i can say about it. you know well performed uh i liked i liked having bowen in there playing himself i thought that was kind of cool yeah, yeah, that was neat. Uh, but, eh. uh, yeah, yeah, I just, the, I just it, it was fine. I just couldn't get too excited about it. Yeah, off to a, uh, not the best of starts. No. Uh, next, we have a pre-tape, because uh, that's what you do after the first sketch. <laughs> yes. Am I sounding too cynical about the show? I don't mean to. <laughs> You're sounding just cynical enough. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, so this was a pre-tape called Be Real with uh, Mikey Day and Miles Teller as bank robbers coming into a bank on midday. And they're they're in the midst of robbing the bank. And then everybody gets an alert on their phone that says time to be real because there's this new app called Be Real where you get an alert at a particular at, I guess, a random time of day. And then you have to take a picture of yourself, whatever it is you're doing, whatever the context is. And it also takes a picture of whatever you're facing. And so you're just showing yourself being real, you know, and I guess the concept is with the app that it, it's not the pretense of other apps where it's like you're, you're putting something up of you mountain climbing and it's filtered or whatever. It's yeah, it's supposed to be real, authentic. Yeah. So and if you're like at work, you post a picture of yourself at work. If you're in the bathroom, you post a picture of yourself in the bathroom. I've literally never heard of this app. Same. I did not hear. I didn't hear anything about this app until this sketch. But apparently it's a thing with the young folks. It is a real um, app. Okay. It is a real app. And I don't know. I I really didn't like this sketch just because it it felt like a straight up commercial for the app. It was like half sketch, half ad for Be Real. And and yeah, that gives you a kind of creepy feeling because it's like, okay. I mean, because like one of the bank robbers, it was new to him and he was like, oh, so like there's no there's no pretense to it. And and yeah, yeah. It, it's like an endorsement of Be Real, which is yeah. weird. Yeah. I mean, like half the half the sketch is them explaining what the app is and what it does like like straight right. up like there's barely any jokes it's literally them saying oh well it's this app called be real and you download it and you take a bit and it's I, I think that that's my that really kind of stuck in my that's my real gripe because like they weren't yeah. they weren't making fun of the app they weren't making any real commentary on you know social media culture or anything there weren't any real jokes in it like honestly yeah. truly if you chop this down to like a, a minute this could be a commercial for be real like it's yeah it's, it's straight up a commercial and like that really i really uh, i did like how when the people who are like down on the floor in the bank robbery and there's the woman opening the vault when they have to take their pictures they're all posing i i did like that you know <laughs> and it's like, yeah like bowen's like sort of like bending over backwards so i guess so he can get a butt shot or something yeah and and heidi's like primping and i think she was like you know sticking her chest out the way the way people do on social media apps on on instagram or whatever 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought. All right. Th- yeah. That's that was okay. But yeah, it's just the. It just seemed like a bulk of it was just them explaining what the app yeah. does and like basically selling the app. And it just, I don't know. That really, it, it really bummed me out. I was like, this, this is a commercial. It, it's like there's no difference between this and when um, the, during the uh, ugh, Elon Musk episode when he was talking about <laughs> crypto. Or what, you literally shuddered following the uh, Elon I, Musk episode. During the uh, Elon Musk episode. <laughs> My my acid reflux kicked in when I said, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, sorry, just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it was just like, there's a few jokes in here, but most of it is just, like I said, like a commercial selling this app. There's, there's yeah. no real anything else to it. And it's just yeah. like, all right, this is. Wait, how uh, was that like the Elon Musk episode, though? I'm sorry, I cut you off there. Yeah, well, I mean, wasn't there a thing where he was like, and during the weekend update, he was doing a segment on like crypto or whatever he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I remember it's that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like that, it's a, that was similarly creepy. Yeah. It's just all, and all it's, because like Elon Musk was directly involved with the crypto stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, yeah, this sketch, I really was like, uh, this, yeah. this, this really, I no, I do not care for it, sir. No, I do. I do not like it, Sam. I am. Um, yeah. I mean, I. As a sketch, it, it was kind of okay, but yeah, the, the the be real thing, yeah, it didn't it didn't really make the leap from representing be real to parroting be real. It didn't it didn't quite go far enough. Maybe maybe they had a few other instances besides the bank robbery. Yeah, like they're not making fun of the they're not making fun of the app at all. Like they're yeah. pretty much selling it. I'm sure. Like as soon as people saw this, they're like, "Oh, is this a real thing?" And they went and like Googled it and. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure this uh, sketch helped be real out immensely, like for yeah, downloads and stuff. Uh, and the joke at the end, by the way, is that you know one of the bank robbers does it, and he of course shows himself committing a crime, and and then they cut to oh, you Mark can't do that. Teller in uh, in prison. Ha <laughs> So yeah, yeah. And, you know, hey, some real that's happened in real life. I mean, like people who stormed the Capitol, like posted about it on their social media. And that's how they were caught. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, if you're going to commit a crime, don't don't post it on the gram. How about don't tell millions and millions of people you're committing a crime? Yeah. You know, maybe have a little bit of intelligence. But if you were smart, you probably wouldn't be a criminal. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm no Danny Ocean, but like I would assume if you're going to commit a crime, you wouldn't put it on a platform where millions of people could see it. But that's just me. I don't know. I'm, I'm no mastermind. I can't believe this is the way I find out that you're not Danny Ocean. I'm sorry, man. I, d- anyway. I, didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to lead you on. Yeah, my my uh, illusions have been shattered. All right, mm. so next we have <sighs> Charmin Bears. Um, okay, I know, you're, I know how you feel about this already. Uh, this was Punky and Heidi and Keenan as the Sherman Bears uh, and Miles Teller as a bear who got accepted to toilet paper college, but he doesn't want to go because he wants to dance. Uh... <sighs> okay. Uh, all right. I think this one. Huh? What'd you think of this one, Darren? Uh, weak. It wasn't. Yeah. Oh. We should also mention, uh, so the Be Real pre-tape, because I just pulled up who wrote what. Oh. Uh, the Be Real pre-tape was, was by the Please Don't Destroy Boys. Oh. Uh, Bo Bone Yang and Celestium. 
the uh, send, send something normal was by the Please Don't Destroy Boys. And uh, one of the new writers, Augusty White. Okay. Uh, monologue, Mike DiCenzo and Jake Nordwind. And the cold open was uh, Jost, Pat, Josh Pattern, Pete Schultz, and Brian Tucker. Okay. Thank you for doing that. I, I forgot that was part of our format during the regular SNL <laughs> season, is we look up the writers and we try to credit them whenever we can. No uh, worries. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. I'm just uh, kind of relearning how we do this show after four years. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. We used to do this That's a thing time. we do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've watched the individual sketches. We do. Yeah. I mean, Okay. Yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> we'll have uh, this done by week two, folks. That's right. Don't worry. We'll 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 get it down pat. This this thing, the Charmin Bears thing. Um, man, I hated this. This this the closest analogy I can say is this is like a parody of a bad SNL sketch that you'd see in a movie. That's yeah. about how lame SNL is. This would be something on a Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip. Exactly. Well, well. well no, I mean, on Studio 60, all the sketches were supposed to be the most brilliant transcendent stuff ever that made us look at life and ourselves and and, right. and question all of humanity. Um, and just way wordier than they need to be. Right. No, I'm thinking this is something like a movie like uh, Bob Roberts or Don't Think Twice would show to show how like lame and out of touch mm. their SL type show is. That's that's what I got from this sketch. Yeah, this sketch it kind of, I mean, it kind of meanders. I mean, it I mean, if you know the kind Charmin, of meanders, <laughs> I was being kind. Yeah, like I mean, if you know the Charmin Bears commercial, like everybody pretty much does by now. It's you know bears that poop and they're bear. bears they poop and they get a lot of things matted on their fur because they're bears and but but Charmin's good and it helps you wipe your ass. Yeah, so Yay, Sherman. Yeah, so in this what one, a weird ad campaign that is, by the way. It really is. I mean, I guess it's supposed it to be really endearing. But... I mean, they've been in, around for so long, we don't really question it anymore. But that is a weird fucking ad campaign. Yeah. And I realize toilet paper is tough to advertise. Yeah, I, I, but I can't see Don Draper walking in to an agency, and be like, "All right, we got cartoon bears, and they're wiped your ass, their their ass with your product." Huh? Because because they're very furry, and things get stuck on their fur. Mm-hmm. Actually, I kind of want to see that SNL sketch of Don Draper pitching the Charmin Bears. Dude, we just pitched a better sketch than what we saw. Yeah. Yesterday. And you had John Hamm right there. You could have made this happen. Hire us, SNL. Hire us. It was it was kind of fun to see the people in the bear suits and Miles Teller and Bowen did a little dance together, which was kind of cute. But uh, overall, this was awful. Worse than the night, as far as I'm concerned. I thought there was well, I thought there was one that might have been a little worse. But, yeah, this definitely wasn't okay. uh, great. Like, it's it's just like a lot of toilet paper puns. Uh, look, I'm I look, I'm not into I'm not saying it like I'm some high brown, uh, highfalutin uh, hoity toity boy. But I like, you know, I, I yeah. get into the dirt. I like Aaron the... is not even wearing his monocle. <laughs> I am wearing my top hat and a uh, cane, and I do have my uh, Mr. Monopoly Man mustache. That right. is true. I mean, I'm wearing my ascot, but it's 2.30 on a Sunday. What else am I going to wear? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What do you plebeians wear? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Just him making, them making jokes about going to TPC, Toilet Paper College. Studying in defecatory studies and urinary arts, I was like, "All right, 
I guess. And then, uh, yeah, it, it just ends with uh, Miles Teller dressed as a bear dancing to the new Lizzo song with Bo and Yang. I was like, this, hmm, it's, uh, it, it just kind of, yeah, it just kind of meanders and kind of peters out. And it just, it, it never really, like the funniest line I thought was when Heidi Gardner was uh, talking to uh, Miles Teller saying, yeah, honey, we're bears. It's what we do. We eat honey and we shoot it out. And like, I thought that was funny because I'd never heard of pooping as a shooting it out before. That's really. I mean, that's a visual. Yeah. Just bang, like a, like a shotgun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like a shotgun bang. What's up with that thing? I, I, I don't have much else to say about this one. I just thought it was awful. It was, I was just waiting for it to end. And I mean, how, how long would, was this sketch? Mm, I don't know. But yeah, this I, it was. Seemed, it seemed longer than it was and not in a good way. Um, yeah, I mean, also, like, so, with the with the way the cold open was, it made me think, oh, wow, we're getting a new SNL. Like, they know their problems. They're going to shake things up. Yeah. So, at, at this point, I'm like, oh, no, no, they're not. Yeah. You know what? As, as long as you mentioned the cold open, let me, let me go back momentarily. One thing I thought was really nice about the cold open was that all the new cast members got a chance to say live from New York on their very first show. I thought oh, yeah, that that's was right. That's, that's a nice thing for them to get to do. And yeah. You know, how their SNL tenure turns out, they, they'll, that's a memory they'll always have. And so that's yeah. that's really cool. Making a me- making memories, SNL. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, should we move on to the next sketch? Let's do a Rooftop Bar, written by Rosebud Baker, Mikey Day, and Streeter Seidel. Mm. Okay. This was uh, Miles Tiller and Mikey Day. They got paired up a lot in this episode, man. I did notice that. Yeah. I, wonder yeah. What that I guess they really hit it off during the week. Um yeah, and also maybe because I guess at this point Mikey has the is has the tenure. He's like the seasoned uh-huh. vet, so maybe they were like, "Well, let's pair him with the most seasoned person." So you know, you can. I mean, is is Mikey the main guy on the show? Is he the face <sighs> of SNL? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's the face, but he's definitely. I mean, with him, like him and Keenan are like the two most seasoned vets on the. You know, yeah. not counting uh, Jost and Che. Right. But they're the two most, like, I guess, elder statesmen of the show right now. Weird to think of Mikey being kind of an elder statesman, but yeah, uh, I mean this. I mean this is a uh, season eight for him now, right? I believe. Wow, that's time flies, man. Really anyway, does. so so it, it's it's Miles and Mikey. They're they're two day traders at a rooftop bar. They're broing out, uh, and then they, you know, they're they're talking a big game. They're like, yeah, you know, they. Uh, I forget how they phrase it. They want to get their dicks whacked, basically. <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> my word. Not my name, but okay. okay. Um, and then and then they, they the joke is, you know, they then they try to pick up on Ego and Chloe when they come by and they're just clueless with women. Yeah. It basically they basically turn into um uh John Lovitz and Tom Hanks. The two guys that like can't talk to girls that they walk by. Yeah. Oh my. Ooh. Oh my. Oh. I, I wished I was watching that sketch instead. This, I, it, it just really suffered in comparison. And also, it seemed really weird that for a, a second sketch of the night, we're doing a thing about how guys don't really know how to talk to women or are clueless around women. Yeah. Yeah. That, that seems to be the go-to, and uh, it's yeah. it's another sketch where it kind of. Goes on a little too long. There's no building really. It's uh, it's you know Mikey says like yeah he's he's talking in a high voice because he's nervous and 
Yeah. That, that's pretty much the joke. It's like, oh, no, why am I talking like this? Like, yeah. he's saying awkward things like the Chloe orders a vodka cranberry, and he's like, oh, a vodka cranberry. Oh, you need, yeah, but UTI. Like, he's yeah. saying awkward things like that, which were kind of funny, but uh, still, it's... it's and, and, look, I'm not saying that stuff doesn't happen. I doesn't, I, I'm not saying guys don't freeze up, especially when they're talking to a woman cold. Oh, trust I me, I know. Oh, yeah, no, been there. Um, uh, but, yeah, it just, it, it didn't, it didn't really send me, and, yeah, it just, it, it seemed very repetitive, especially after the uh, do something normal. Or, or send something normal. Um, and yeah. It just it, not nearly as funny as the, the classic Tom Hanks, John Lovitz sketch. Yeah, of, I, I saw online people comparing it to like the Bloater Brothers from back in the day as well, which I kind of blocked from my memory. What were the Bloater uh, Brothers? Uh, I believe, wasn't that like Chris Parnell and Jimmy Fallon? It was like, I don't know. I, 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 I should, I'd I should have even to look that up. I'd have to look that up. I have no memory of the Bloater Brothers. Yeah, it's it's, it's barely worth looking up. But okay. uh, all right. Yeah, but it's like one of those things. There were. Well, you know, God knows, I've I've seen my share of mediocre SNL sketches in the last <laughs> twenty four hours, and it won't be your last. It won't be my last. Have we gotten to the sketch you thought was the worst of the night yet? By the uh, way? No, not yet. We're getting there. Okay. All right. Hey, well, something to yeah. look forward to. Yeah, I thought this was like okay, but yeah, it kind of it kind of r- rambles on, doesn't really go mm-hmm. really big build, and then it ends with us finding out the two day traders like aren't haven't had sex. Like one, like Miles Teller character hasn't had sex in like eleven years, and the other one's never had sex. Yeah, Mike then, that's it. Yeah, one's a virgin, and then that's it. It was like, hmm, all right, that's uh, yeah, it's a, way, yeah. It's a choice, it's a way to go. Didn't didn't really send me. Um... I might have liked it better if it would have been in isolation, I think, in conjunction with the game show sketch from earlier. I, I, I think that really was a hit against it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next, we have another pre-tape with uh, Chloe Feynman, uh, Nicole Kidman AMC ad, which I'm sure people have seen. If you've, if you've been in an AMC theater sometime within the last year, you've seen this. You know, that. Nicole Kidman sitting in a movie theater just going, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Just talking right. about what amazing movies are. And yeah, ripe for parody. Definitely ripe for parody. Very much so. Like a lot of people... Oh, this is also written by uh, Chloe Feynman, Jake Nordwind, and Will Steven. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, yeah. A showcase for her Nicole Kidman impression. Yeah, like she really, like, you know, really puts that Australian accent like she really she amps up the accent man. <laughs> yeah like I've heard I've heard Nicole Kidman talk she doesn't talk that Australian does she, she doesn't have that much of it. I mean I can hear it with like Hugh Jackman I can hear it with like other Australian celebrities uh Nicole Kidman not so much uh but yeah she like, really oh, like okay uh yeah she really leans into that action she's like you know yeah. heartbreak feels good in a place like this yeah, I, she's she's like Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> it's and, and the twist here is that like Nicole Kidman is like empowered by all the people watching this, and and then like the people in the theater, they get up like it's the Pledge of Allegiance, and she's becoming like some movie dictator. I, I don't know. It seemed like a a fuzzy premise. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the premise is because I, you know, I have seen this commercial like a hundred times, but like I know online it has like a huge following. Like people are like kind of obsessed with it in some weird uh-huh. way. And I believe, I believe like in some theaters, like when this comes on, people like kind of jokingly salute at it. Oh, oh so it's become like a Rocky Horror Picture Show type of thing? I think so, yeah. Like people are like oddly fascinated by this ad for some, I mean, I don't. I'm I'm like whatever with it. It's like it's. I know, wasn't aware that it had become that much of a meme that like people are literally standing up at theaters and that was the thing that they're actually doing. Right. Yeah. So like I think what they were going for was like because it's such. On, I'm out of touch, man. Yeah. <laughs> just, this. You're out of touch. This show just is making me like just feel horribly out of touch with all of <laughs> pop culture right now. I. But, uh, yeah. It's same. Same. And, and maybe that's just on me. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, so that's, I think that was the premise of it, where because this thing has, like, so many people are enraptured by it, enamored uh-huh. by it, like, people are sort of, has, like, a, almost like a cult-like devotion, and okay. so, in a way, it's like she's starting a cult, she's through uh, these commercials, and they, they power her almost like, like Zool from Ghostbusters, where she, like... Right, she was she's, like, rising up like she's in a Street Fighter game, and there's, like, electricity exactly. blowing out of her eyes. And... Yeah, like Highlander. Yeah. Yeah, she, the quickening. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, I did like this. Oh, sketch. Those I, are our pop culture references on movie <laughs> 1985. <laughs> yeah, SNL. When are you going to do a sketch about the quickening? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Come on, you know the Highlanders right there, you know, and it's and it's like all great pop culture. It came out when I was 13, so exactly yeah, SNL. I'm sitting here waiting for you to to do a sketch about Alf or the Last Starfighter, and but and you're just over there making be real uh, sketches. What what I gives? Mean, come on, how about when they revamped the A Team in the fifth and final season, then they brought Robert Vaughn on to boss him around? How about that? Oh wow, I barely remember that. Whoa, I know deep cut. Ooh, uh, deepest, <laughs> the deepest of cuts. I know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as this AMC ad, I did like it. I wish they went farther with it towards the end. Like, yeah, it, it yeah. seems like they were like tiptoeing towards something cool with her becoming like this all omnipotent. Like what know, is he going to do with her army? Uh, or I don't know. Yeah. It, they could have gone a little farther with it, but yeah. But like they, they kind of, they kind of cut it off before it got really yeah. crazy. And my, like, my it, main reaction to this was just like, um, okay. All right. Yeah, you know, this is all right. I wouldn't mind seeing Chloe do Nicole Kidman again. Yeah, no, she has a good Nicole Kidman in her back pocket. But yeah, like I wish they. I, would. I don't. I don't think it's her strongest impression. I mean, the the fact that she was really doing the Australian accent. Uh, I don't. Know. It, it was a choice. <laughs> it was a choice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but yeah, it's it's not as great as like her Drew Barrymore or her Elizabeth Olsen or, I mean, she's got so many great impressions in her in her yeah. pocket. So, I really liked her uh, Phoebe Waller bridge. Like, I hope she brings mm-hmm. that somehow. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, her uh, Reese Witherspoon is very good as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like this guy that thought it was okay, but it could have been really good if they just went further with it and explored that whole like supernatural part. I thought I thought it was like close to being like, oh, all right, this is getting interesting, and then they just cut it off before it got interesting. Yeah. So like, yeah. Mm. Like, ah, you're almost there, but you're chickened out. All right. Uh, so next we have our musical guest of the week, uh, Mr. Kendrick Lamar. Uh, Lamar. He 
did, as is the want of SNL musical guests, two musical numbers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first and, track. And we're going to cover them both here together because that's Ooh. how we do it because it just makes the most sense to us to do it that way. This so. is how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so first, um, the first number he did was a mashup of two of his songs off his new album. Uh, he It started off with Rich Spirit mm-hmm. and went into N95. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second song was called Father Time, featuring Sampa or Sampha. Sampha, I think. Yeah, because it's S A M P H A. Sampha. 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 Uh, what What do you think of his his stuff? Are you uh, Are you I a liked, fan? I actually am. Yeah, I enjoy his stuff. Um, I know it's. I, I find him really interesting. I find what he's he raps about really interesting, just because I, I, he's he's sort of carved himself this great little niche where. He's um, he, he's like very popular in the mainstream, but he also raps and talks about like very sort of heavy topics and things with a lot of weight and substance to them. Like I've known, mm-hmm. like you know, uh, for those that know, I'm a huge uh, hip hop head, especially like '90s, early aughts hip hop. You know, I guess it's old school now, but like uh, at, you know, in in the, in the world of hip hop, it, it is easy to sort of be more mainstream and popular if you just talk about sort of substance level stuff be like you know like, yo look at all this money i'm making yo my raps are dope and look at all these women i sleep with and my cars and blah 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 but mm-hmm. like kendrick has sort of made it so that he could talk about like really deep issues like you know issues that he's had in his life issues that's going on in the world you know racism politics religion and whatnot and he's it's still kind of mainstream so i i, I you know i i give him uh props for that um okay. and i thought so i also thought the these performances were interesting, like the way he was performing in this like bare white room with a, just a fan, but you could see his shadow in the background, but then the shadow was dancing when he wasn't Yeah. in the, the first performance. Um, and in the second performance, it was him and uh, Sampha, the father, father time song where it's a, it's, it's a song about, you know, his, his father issues, like issues he's had with his dad and, you know, therapy and all these things. And as you can see, He's in that same bare room, and the walls are closing, are literally closing in on him. I thought that was an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I like this. I like his stuff. I like like um, I understand like his, his stuff isn't like super flashy, and you do like with Kendrick Lamar, you do have to like really listen to the lyrics to hear what he's saying. It's not just music you can play in the background, and they do while you do your laundry. You have to kind of be immersed in it. But uh, yeah, as far as these two performances go, I I enjoyed it just because like I'm a Kendrick Lamar fan. I don't know how they hit the uh, the normal person or the layman, but uh, I I enjoyed these two performances. Hmm. I, yeah, I I wouldn't say his stuff really worked for me. It just it just didn't grab me. I'm I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just I'm saying it's not for me. Um, okay, no, I get it. It's like his stuff is like yeah. very wordy and very dense. And yeah, for some yeah. people, that's like I don't I don't want to think right now. The first number, I was like. He's doing what he does well. This is just not my personal thing. Uh, the mm-hmm. second number, Father Time, I I just didn't really like the song. It just didn't it didn't really hook me in, you know. So yeah, fair enough. So yeah, I don't I don't have much much else to say uh, about him. Uh, I'm afraid. All right, so. no, fair enough. Fair enough. It, I I enjoyed it, but like I understand, Kendrick may not be for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm just you just have to mark me down as a, you know not for me. All right. C'est la vie. C'est la vie. That's just the way it goes. 
Uh, Some things will never change. Next, we have a weekend update with, uh, let me look it up, uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che. Che, the the longest tenured uh, weekend update correspondents are back, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Uh, Same opening for weekend update? Yeah. Yeah, why change it at this point? (laughs) (laughs) This this is probably their last year, you know, just, yeah. You think this is it after this? I feel like it is. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like Jay's had one foot out the door for at least a year. And mm. Joe's I don't know. He he was on uh he was on Seth Meyers this week and he was talking about all the hassle the ferry that he co-owns with with Pete Davidson is. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like what a headache that is, and like apparently they decided to call it Titanic Two as a as a as a goof, but that's making it very difficult for them to get insurance for it. Uh, it um, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Apparently they don't want to insure something called Titanic Two, and I mean, you know, totally relatable material that everyone can, uh, yes, can empathize with. Oh, if I had a nickel for every uh, time I had problems with my Staten Island ferry. Right, right. Um, so yeah, no, I feel I feel like this is it for them. I mean, un- unless <laughs> Joe's is in such a financial hole because of the ferry. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Um, all right, I gotta so- stay. I gotta stay on for another year. The ferry is the yeah. ferry is breaking me. The ferry's killing me. I mean, even even Scarlet's like, why why the hell did you buy this? Thing? <laughs> Scarlet's so mad. I can't go back home. Yeah, she's like, I don't have the Black Widow money anymore. You get you got it. <laughs> You gotta unload this thing. Uh, I don't know. So yeah, Justin Che reporting on, commenting on the stories of the day, and occasionally making jokes about them. Uh, that's, that's what what do you think? Do. What were the jokes that, that jumped out at you on this one? I um, there were a few jokes that jumped out at me. Uh, yeah. On second viewing, I liked how um they talked about Marjorie Taylor Greene getting a divorce. Uh-huh. How her husband blamed irreconcilable differences, and she blamed the Jews. Yeah, yeah. I liked. Uh, uh, Jay had a, a nice joke about uh, uh, Putin is annexing um, uh, the Ukraine, and they had a big celebration in Red Square, apparently. And and Jay was like, "Hey, you know, don't judge, but you know, say what you will, but a gig's a gig." And then they they show a picture of him performing in Red Square. I thought that was that was cute. Yeah, I also like that one joke uh, Joe's had. Where uh-huh. he was talking about the new Italian prime minister who mm-hmm. uh, spreads uh, white supremacist ideals. Right. And he says, then that's crazy. I mean, are we counting Italians as white now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was like, joke. whoa, whoa, whoa. That was a good joke. I liked, uh, I just had, he had a joke about there's a new movement to have nutritional labels on the front. Apparently, there's some of the Biden administration is pushing. And he says, so we as Americans are too lazy to do this. And then he turns a boxer out. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> I I like that. That was that was a nice bit of observational humor. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's there's some good jokes in this uh, weekend update. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's some good. Stuff. I mean, you know, we know what we're getting from weekend update at this point. They're not really shaking the formula up for that. I don't know if we really need to shake up the formula. A weekend update. It is what it is with these. It kids. is. It is what it is. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we, and I'm not saying much. that's a bad thing. It's just that's what it is. You know, we. It's it's that it's that fast food restaurant where you know exactly the meal you're going to get. 
Exactly. You know, and I I don't really mean that as a criticism. I think I think they're pretty solid at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Not not bad. Not bad. Not bad. So, I mean, I'm not going to be sorry to see it change up, but that's not going to happen for another year. So, let's enjoy this season with them. Yeah, let's let them let them ride off into the sunset. Exactly. Um, let's see. We had a few uh, desk segments. We had. Uh, am I getting the order of this right? We had we had uh, James Austin Johnson and Keenan as Mitch McConnell and Herschel Walker. Yep, that was first. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So for those that don't know, Herschel Walker is this uh, the Georgia Senate candidate. He's running for senator. Right. He is a uh, former NFL player, right. no political experience at all, and he's right. already been caught uh, lying about three secret childrens he's had. Well, I mean, how can this not work out great? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so basically it's um, uh, James Austin Johnson as Mitch McConnell, you know, since we don't Has have Has he Beck done Mitch on the show before? I don't believe so. It was always Beck before. Right. Now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he had, he had uh, of course, it was Beck because he had that exceptionally turtly Mitch McConnell. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I feel like James Austin Johnson, his Mitch McConnell's okay. I don't feel like it's totally there yet. Yeah, I'm sure he's still working on it, but like I, I liked it. I, I didn't mind it. Yeah, it was all right. I feel like it has potential. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, we have Keenan as Herschel Walker, and um, yeah, and it's just kind of, I don't know. This he's this, very clueless. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a lot of, you know, spitting out a lot of non sequiturs about how showing how clueless he is about you know, China in the air. It, mm-hmm. I don't know. This, this one kind of went on a little too long. It did. Kind of kind of rambly, mambly. Yeah. And uh yeah, it didn't really seem to go anywhere. Like and also it, it it's a thing where I thought there'd be like a little bit more back and forth between J J A J and Keenan, but it was mostly Keenan. Kind of Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, yeah, Mitch McConnell had to be kind of the straight man in this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, so uh yeah, it's a little weird because he's usually the butt of the joke. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I didn't write down too many notes for this one. Like usually, I write down a joke I like. I I didn't write down anything for this. I was like, this person played this person, and this one played that one. <laughs> all I have, <laughs> just the facts, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this. Yeah, yeah, this one was like a eh, to me. And uh, then we had uh, one of the new cast members, uh, Michael Longfellow, uh, doing a bit that I'm sure is adapted from his stand-up act. Absolutely. All, all, the, all the new people are stand-ups, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yeah. Uh, and so he's he's talking about conservative family members, and he's he's there. The inroad to this was a story that had hit, I think, at least a month ago. Yeah, where, um, uh, yeah, like uh, Sydney Sweeney, who's an actress from Euphoria, right? Um, and like she had, I think it was a birthday or an anniversary event for her parents, and apparently. Because her parents are from the South somewhere, I think uh, she has a lot of conservative family members. They they were wearing like you know Blue Lives Matters t shirts and MAGA caps, and she was getting a lot of flack on social media for this. Yeah, basically, and basically she had to be like, "Oh, come on, you guys, don't judge people just because they wear Blue Lives Matter shirts." And blah, blah. yeah, it's like, mm, all right, yeah. So that I mean, was look, yeah. yeah, they're your family and you love them, but yeah, those those are not good things. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So it was basically uh, 
uh, what is it? Uh, Michael Longfellow talking about that. He's from uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, he talks about his dad who, you know, is anti-vax and yeah. pro-Trump. And he, he had a good line. He had a couple of good lines. He, he's like, you shouldn't cut anti-vax people out of your life because they could be dead tomorrow. That was that was that was the first big laugh I had of the night. Killer line. Killer line. Um, I also like. <laughs> like I think uh, Joe gave him the straight line. He was like, "Oh, so is your is your family conservative?" And he's like, "No, they're that that little known liberal sect of anti-vaxxers <laughs> that you hear so much about." Yeah, I also like the little uh, back and forth he had with Joe, where he's like, "Oh, you know, you know how it is, Colin. You have, you know, Republicans in your family." And he was like, "Actually, no, I don't." And then he said, "Oh, so just you?" Yeah. Yeah. And then I think they went on to say, I think Joe's went on to say, God, no, I'm, I'm more of like a, like a Bill Maher liberal. And then yeah. he was like, oh, so Republican. Got yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, this I liked. I thought this was pretty, this, pretty good. I, th- I thought it was okay. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was a home run for the new guy, but it was, it was a decent beginning. It was, you know, very obviously adapted from a standup set. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that we have a new cast member who's already making fun of Colin. I feel like yes. it's, 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 we're maintaining that tradition. If anything, that's we need more of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, but I liked it. I, I thought he was funny. He gave me kind of Norm McDonald vibes a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, Norm McDonald vibes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Colin, huh? you're uh, Bill Maher, little boy. Huh? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I saw online people saying he looked like a young Richard Marks. <laughs> huh. Okay, I'd, ha- I'd have to look at him again, but I did get that in my first hearing, but all right. Well, look, go look it up now, and I will be right here waiting for you. Huh? Come on! You know, I, I see what you were trying to do there, but, uh, Darren, it don't mean nothing. Uh, should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> we have fun here on the podcast. Hold on to the night. Uh, That's the one other one I thought of. <laughs> okay. It didn't even work in the thing we're doing here. No, it didn't, but it's another Richard Mark song, and I just wanted to name all the ones I could think of. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> and uh, lastly, we had Bowen coming on as the spotted lantern fly, which uh, apparently has just been classified as invasive species. And so Bowen was doing that sort of iceberg that hit the Titanic thing where he's pushing back against that. And he's, you know, the joke is he's acting like he's a guest on Maury. Yeah. I mean, for those who don't, I think most people outside of New York and New Jersey know where uh, the spotted lanternfly, the thing that happened this summer where there's like a huge onslaught of them coming into uh, New York and New Jersey and, We've been told here in the tri-state area, like as soon as you see one, you got to kill it on site because they can be very harmful to crops. They can kill trees. Uh, I've seen a couple of them in my neighborhood. There's definitely a ton of them down in like Jersey City. Like I, I was mm. in Jersey City a couple of months ago and like I saw at least like five or seven of them just hanging around. So it's a I, thing I, here I, in the tri-state you know, area. I feel a little sketchy that it's like now our job to kill these guys. Now we're like state sponsored assassins. <laughs> yeah. Well, Why is this my job all of a sudden to kill all the spotted lantern flies? Yeah. Suddenly I'm in Starship Troopers over here. Exactly. Exactly. Why why is this my problem? Why why don't you as a community like figure out a way to kill all these things? Why is this on the private citizen? 
Yeah, where is my tax money going? Yeah, and I mean, do I get a bounty for these? I mean, hey, I I need work. Yeah, absolutely. You could be a, a spotted lanternfly bounty hunter. Exactly. Exactly. Bruh. Yet another better sketch than what we've seen here tonight. <laughs> but I thought I thought this was cute. I mean, Bowen throws himself into this stuff with gusto. Mm. Uh, I I like this. I I thought I thought this was cool. Yeah, I thought this was cute enough. It's like I uh, thought it was one of the better things of the night, and I I totally see why they ended weekend update with that. Yeah, like it's basically uh, yeah, like Bowen coming out saying like a Mori Povich guest, like y'all don't know me, y'all haters, y'all haters. Look at my wingspan and whatnot. Uh, and then, of course, they have, I think he talks smack about crops in it. So um, so uh, Che surprised him saying, well, actually, we have crops here right now. And, of course, we see yeah. Andrew Dismukes dressed as a big uh, stalk of corn. Yeah. That's, yeah. And the, the costume's kind of falling apart a little bit in the middle. It was like a two-piece costume, and it was separating in an awkward area. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I don't think they put it on right or something. But then, And then the two of them... Uh, duke it out in front of everybody, like uh, yeah. Mori Povich style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was cute. It was cute. I don't want to see like Bowen go to this well too, too often, but I think it's a fun thing to do every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, by the way, does it seem like SNL is splitting up update a little too much on YouTube? Like this update was like five different segments on YouTube. Hmm. And I uh... guess part of that is because we had three death segments, but. I think like it should be split up to like three things max. Yeah, like I don't know why they couldn't. I see what you're saying because like they divide up the uh, the joke parts that uh, Joseph yeah. and Shay have, but like I don't see why you couldn't just like take those two joke parts and make them one big joke part yeah. video. Yeah. So instead of I don't know, maybe they think people's attention spans are super short, so they're like, oh, they won't they won't sit through a five minute clip, but three minutes. All right, what'd you say? My, my mind drifted off. Oh, uh, there it is. Okay. I see what you did there. Aha. Uh, <laughs> a little turn. Yeah. Uh, you you right. son of a bitch. <laughs> you don't like you, but God damn, do I respect you. <laughs> oh, and uh, that was a weekend update. Uh, not bad. It's definitely. Uh, uh, I think the highlight for me, I, I think I like the, uh, the, the spotted lanternfly thing a little better than than Michael Longfellow's thing, but okay, yeah, I'm, I'm the other way, but like I, I, I get it. I see what you're saying. All right, I'll see you in hell. Well, wow, wow. All right, <laughs> okay. Yeah, see you there. I, I disagree with somebody. Okay. I'll, I'll see you in hell. Yeah, well, let's face it, we're both going to hell. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've done things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, the McDonald's sketch. Uh, this is on YouTube. It's just grimace. Uh, they're, oh. they're filming a new. Uh, they're filming a new McDonald's commercial with all the old characters. With Ro- Mikey as Ronald McDonald, Sarah is that little chickadee thing that I never learned the name of. I believe it was an early bird. If I'm early mistaken. bird. Okay. Oh, because it's like an early bird breakfast. Okay. Uh, Bowen is the Hamburglar. Keenan is Mary McCheese. The costumes in this sketch, by the way, first rate, amazing. Especially if you put all these together inside of a week. Yeah, no, absolutely. Incredible costuming. Absolutely. Um, who who wrote this one? I don't I don't have credits for this one. Ooh. You know uh, da, 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 da. Oh yeah, I don't see any credits on this one. Um, well, let's talk about it. I'll see if they, they have unknown SNL writer. 
Um, writer X. Writer X. So yeah, so so they're doing this new. They're planning this new ad, and then Miles Teller comes out as Grimace, and we find out that Grimace lost three hundred pounds over the summer, and he got cut. He is it is a jacked Grimace. It's like yeah, it's like Thanos. The, the yeah, it's like The Rock times ten. Um, and they're like, "How'd you do this, Grimace?" And he's like, "Well, for starters, I stopped eating McDonald's for every meal." All right, interesting. Uh, you know, and he's walking everywhere, uh, and and then he we find out his marriage broke up uh, because he was like cheating a lot. He was like, "Yeah, I was I was swerving this summer," um, and then and then he comes out as bisexual. Yeah, that that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and we even have like the background trees just sort of looking at each other awkwardly. I like, I like the touch of the trees glancing at each other. Yeah. That was a nice little touch. I was like, Oh, okay. Honestly, this sketch was so out there. I feel like Sarah had something to do with the writing of it. This, this feels like a Sarah sketch to me. Uh, it's very possible. Um, yeah, I mean, but this is a sketch I I really wasn't. You you didn't like this one really? No, I mean, it just felt like they were kind of. Again, it's a, the issues I have with a lot of the sketches were just kind of directionless, and it's just kind of like a bunch of stuff they throw in there uh-huh. to throw it in. Um, See, I mean, I, I, th- I like this one. I like this one oh. uh, from a premise standpoint. I do. I definitely feel like it petered out towards the end. Yeah. Um, like I, I really feel like they didn't really know where to go with it past the midpoint. But I liked. I liked he liked Grimace coming out and being jacked. I liked him coming out as bisexual. I liked the trees glancing at each other. I liked Ronald not knowing how to deal with that. Yeah, see, I like all of that. I do think it's a good premise, and there's more they yeah. could have done with it. But then it goes off in this weird direction where Keenan dressed as Mary McCheese, talks yeah. about how he was actually a prince that got cursed by a gypsy, and now that- he's a hammer. That was like totally random, and that was like, uh, let's just give Keenan something to do and let him go off on a rant. That that felt very extraneous to the sketch. Yes. Yeah, and then and then a hamburger, hamburglar, and early bird come out as they say, "Oh, we're bisexual too." Right. And then and then Ronald says, sort of like be getting it back on topic a little bit, <laughs> like they were kind of course correcting. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, but yeah, and then uh, it ends with Ronald saying, "Oh, I should." I know I should get the abs like you so I could swerve the summer too, Grimace. And then it just cuts to the McDonald's logo saying, I'm, I'm loving both. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, mm, yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like it's like 50 to 60% a good sketch, which with the slim pickings of, of this week's show, I, I sketch of the night. <laughs> with me like raising my my arms like uh, i guess it's this yeah it's a good premise but yeah i just didn't think they knew where to go with it and uh yeah like halfway through like if you cut the keenan monologue out it would be a much stronger more focused sketch overall i think so yeah definitely the keenan thing came out of nowhere and added nothing. i'm not saying keenan should have had nothing to do i mean but give him something else give him have him react but have him react on the 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 main topic of the sketch, which is Grimace being cut and bisexual. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's, I mean, we, we gotta, I mean, it's weird that like Grimace being buff and bisexual, like wasn't interesting enough to, to, to fill a sketch. <laughs> we had to stick in a weird, 
mystical backstory for Mary McCheese, which is like him in a version of Beauty and the Beast or something. And he's like, yeah, and I was cursed by this woman. And yeah, that was so weird. And I, it pretty much left my head as soon as he was done with that. Yeah, exactly. See, it's, it's, it's so forgettable. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. like I, I really, I wasn't too hot. I mean, I didn't hate it as much as I disliked uh, the Be Real sketch, but still I was like, this, right. this feels underdone. This feels half baked. Like I thought we were starting this new season anew. This is new beginnings and we seem to be yeah. falling into the same old traps. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's uh, not a great look for the season premiere. A little distressing. Mm. It's, it's, yeah. But then again, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I'm thinking of the first, the first episode of every season is always a little uh, choppy, little rocky. I don't mm. know. I want, I want to kind of guns a blazing, man. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't get why it has to ramp up like that. I feel like, you know, they, you've been doing the show for nearly 50 years. You should know how to do a strong premiere, <laughs> you know? It's, yeah, come on, guys. We're rooting for you. Is that you. too much to ask? Is that so wrong? <laughs> I just want to be loved. Is that thank so you. wrong? Thank you for getting the Harvey Weinstein, or not the Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> Harvey Firestein right? Yes. <laughs> very different men. Yes. Very Ve- different individuals. Whoa, easy. Yes, very different. Harvey Firestein will tell you that every time. Yeah. Uh, like no, that's 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 somebody else. That's it, okay. that's not me. Well, that's not me. It, it's it's odd that we uh, differ on that sketch so much. It's. This this is kind of interesting because we don't usually disagree too much on the sketches, but we disagreed on the Grimace sketch and a little on the Be Real sketch. A little. I don't know. What's happening to us, John? What's I don't know. Are us? we drifting apart? Do we need to seek counseling? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I okay. miss us. I miss us. Um, um, anyway, let's uh, let's barrel through. We got one more sketch. Yes. Caribbean Queens. Caribbean Queens. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're sharing is, the same dream, and their hearts will beat as one. No more love on the run. That's the last lyric that I couldn't remember. Thank you. Come on, man. That's a, that's a banger. Billy Ocean, what? It, it's a song. <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm, I'm out of here. It's no get out of my dreams, get into my car. I'm just saying. Damn it. All right, you're right. Fuck. <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah. Get into my car. Somebody on Twitter, and I don't remember who said this because I saw this years ago. They were like, "That song is just straight up about abduction." That song does not. (laughs) (laughs) Billy Ocean is just straight up abducting women in that song. Get in the backseat, baby. (laughs) You know, you know, he's putting those women in the trunk. Yes, that's right. (laughs) So, so this sketch is Ego and Heidi. They're two women. They went to the Caribbean for a week, and they've stayed there for five months. Yeah, they're basically like, you know, the uh, island resort uh, sort of, you know, divorcees, like the star, Barb and Star types who uh, yeah. Yeah. dress in, uh, you know, Mr. Roper gowns, Mrs. Roper gowns and drink my Yeah, we got, we got some moo-moo type stuff going on. Um, yeah, and they, they start out the show how they always do. They Google if Billy Ocean is still married. Yeah, and yeah. he is. Oh, um, and then we bring in uh, Miles Teller and Keenan as the two guys that they talked up with. Uh, that they talked up in the bar last night, and they're they're seeing them during the day to see if the vibe is still there. Yeah, uh, Keenan sells catheters, and Miles Teller is a white rapper. Yeah, I think that's what they said. 
Right. Uh, kind of grind on them, and they, they talk about how they're getting chubs. Yeah. Uh, then we have Punky Johnson in the sketch as, like, the Jamaican uh, bartender. bartender. So we hear Punky in a Jamaican accent. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's nice that Punky's getting a little more to do. She's popping up on the show a little more. It's it's nice to see her, like, in the regular cast in the opening credits. That's yeah, no, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, I didn't write too much. This didn't really send me. Um, this felt like an attempt to get a regular sketch for Ego and Heidi going, and I don't know if it's quite there yet. I mean, maybe this will develop a ton. Look, hey, Wayne's World started out at the end of the show. It's very true. And look I where mean, it is now. Yeah, so maybe this will be a new thing. Maybe this will be the new trendy SNL character. I wasn't really quite feeling it i i did like the gag at the very end when they said like well let's bring billy's little brother frank ocean out and then they had the new guy playing frank ocean uh yeah devin devin walker devin walker thank you and he's like yeah i i keep telling you we're not related (laughs) uh cute yeah yeah i mean as far as the sketch goes like it's it seems like everybody's having fun doing it it seems like uh yeah, Ego and Heidi are really vibing and really enjoy. I mean, it, like we've if you've seen them on social media, you know, it seems like they're like really good friends in real life. And this sketch yeah. seems to be like them sort of establishing themselves as the new Kate and Eddy of the show, like the yes. new pairing. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I mean, that's great. I, you know, I, I love Ego's work. I love Heidi's work. But yeah, uh-huh. this sketch it's an interesting premise for a sketch, but yeah, it doesn't really, there's nothing really much there. It, it needs, I, like, yeah, I don't know if it went too much anywhere. I feel like, yeah, if we're, if we're going to continue these characters, we need a little more for them to do. Um, yeah. It's, exactly. it's not like, it's not like Bronx beat. Exactly. Yeah. To just arbitrarily compare it with some other sketch where two regular cast members, did, <laughs> two, two other female cast members did regular characters. Yeah. It's no uh, leg up. Oh, no, actually, that's... But... Yeah, yeah. I was never nuts about leg ups. Oh, okay, damn it. All right, well, that was a bad... (laughs) That was a bad analogy. Oops. Yeah. I mean, Uh, leg up up was fine. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I I do like the energy between Heidi and Ego. I do like how they go full in. I just wish there was more... Like, more, uh, you know, more stuff for them to go in with. More... I need a little more Dion Warwick talk show vibe. Exactly. You know, like I think once you write like sort of more, like you know, like, like better material, something more really substantial that they can sink their teeth into. I think then we really got something. Right. And uh, this was written by uh, one of the new writers, Jimmy Fowley, uh, okay. Allison Gates, and Ken Sublet. Oh, okay. All right. So we got Allison uh, Gates and Ken Sublet. With mm-hmm. one of the new people. Oh, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, not bad. Um, yeah, and that's that's the episode, guys. Um, overall, uh, what are your thoughts on it? The whole the whole uh, kitten caboodle. Uh, I, I mean, mediocre at best. I, I'd say that's being kind. I I thought it was a pretty lackluster season premiere, honestly. Uh, uh yeah, I'd unfortunately have to agree. Uh, I think it started off strong. Yeah. Saying like you know making fun of itself. I mean, to me, at least, it was like they were saying, hey, we know the mistakes we've made in the past. We're not going to do it anymore. This is, a, this is a new era, new day. 
and then yeah. they kind of then it's it's the same old meet the new uh, boss yeah. same as the like, old boss like i said i like the idea of that more than the execution of it and i yeah this i mean so much of tonight just didn't work for me it was mm. yeah, and it's just too bad cuz you know you want you want to be really excited going into a new season and this just wasn't there it wasn't there for me but i mean i don't know yeah. so yeah i think this season is going to be just a slow ramp up for me I think so. And like like I said before, the first episode is always the weakest. And usually like around the second or third episode, they're usually stronger. So I'm hoping, yeah. I'm expecting them to be better and stronger. Because if they ain't, then I'm, oof, it's, we're in for a rougher year. We rough can, year. We can rebuild them. We can make them stronger, faster. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's right. Now I'm reaching back to the 1970s for my cultural references. Highlight going back far enough. Right. Don't don't say that we don't know what the kids are into these days, folks. Nope. Yeah. Hey, it's all it's all TikTok and the six million dollar man. We got our fingers on the pulse. Yep. Uh. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Wait, what? I was like, why isn't this podcast bigger again? Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. We have our fans. We got a. We have our fans. We do have our fans. We're we got we got some uh, some Twitter comments about about the the premiere. Do we want to do we want to go into those? We do. We do. Let's do that. Okay. We got we got John and I. He's he's got a two part comment here. He's got got lots of thoughts. Uh, if you want to follow him, he's at uh, Burtonesque92. Uh, he says, I am an easy audience for self-effacing comedy. And easy is in uh, italics, which I didn't even know you could do on Twitter. So I'm impressed there. Already I like this comment. Uh, I'm an easy audience for self-effacing comedy on SNL and in general. But although I had a handful of good laughs in it, I didn't find enough good or encouraging in this cold open to balance out the nudging critique that felt like it could have almost been fan written mm. uh, the show was middling overall the best live sketch to me was the one with mikey and miles as day trade stands with nothing at all close to game closing with something led by heidi and ego was a great call highlight of the ep was miles and his sister's spartan cheers yeah that was pretty charming i dug it mm. um also we got from you know of course friend, friend of the show minette Marati. Find mm-hmm. her at Manette ninety seven. This was one of those S ninety seven. What's that? Oh, Manette M ninety seven. Ooh, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, and she says this was one of those SNL premieres where they tried to play catch up with all the pop culture items that they missed out on during the summer. At times it worked, and at times it didn't. I agree. I'm going to give that a like right now. Boop. Mm-hmm. Ooh, like. nice. And uh, yeah, and oh, we also got um. Oh, Lee Hot Lion. Boardman gets paid. Yeah, uh, Boardman gets paid. Uh, he, he replies to uh, Manette, says, I think my biggest issue for this episode was after the episode aired, I literally did not remember any of it. Uh, yeah, I, a, a very forgettable episode, I think. Yeah, and then he also tweets us saying, uh, Good evening from past my bedtime. The cold open gave me hope for the season till I saw a homie eating corn. Now I'm not sure what to think. <laughs> Lost half of the crew, to, so everyone had a job. Shout out to Punky for making multiple appearances. Love yeah. the Billy Ocean sketch. Now back to bed. 
Yay. Okay. Well, we're we glad you had that 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 uh, late night insomnia. Yes. Uh, so a lot of and, comments. Uh, Look at this. Look at this. Yeah, we're doing. See, we got fans. People yeah. listen. Well, let's let's hope it keeps up through the season. I hope this isn't just like the season premiere fascination. Uh, now we got Mikey with two E's. Mm-hmm. Uh, says so glad to have SNL back. It's been a minute. Oh, here you're rubbing off on him. Uh, <laughs> decent start, which gave me hope for the rest of the season. And in parentheses that they seem to already be apologizing for. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely got weaker in the back half of the show, and a couple of the sketches were just flat out bad. Charmin and McDonald's. Uh, he goes on. Uh, Miles did a good job with what he was given but was definitely expecting more from the first episode of a new season. Surprised Weekend Update has kept the same formula also. Thought they'd have ripped off the Band-Aid fully this year being a rebuilding year. Hope next week is a step up. Yeah, I, I agree with you overall, Mikey. I, I would say that there were more than a couple uh, sketches that were like flat out bad. I think overall the show was just kind of bad, which is mm. disappointing to me. But um, I, I thought Miles... He was a decent host. He had a couple of impressions in his back pocket. Uh, he was yeah. a little stronger than I would have expected. He yeah. said he did well with the cast. Yeah, no, the Peyton Manning was good. I will give him he that. Good Peyton Manning, and I find Peyton Manning's voice really annoying. But <laughs> he did. He was a more palatable Peyton Manning to me. <laughs> palatable Manning. Palatable Manning. Uh, yeah. Uh, as comments, I, I think these folks are new to me. Yeah, uh, this one, uh, Max. Meridius, he says, uh, the musical performance was great, as it is expected from the great Kendrick Lamar. Oh, he sounds like a fan. Mm. But I couldn't help but notice him being totally blown off by Miles Teller at the end of the show. Wonder what that was all about. Oh, damn, son. Oh, shit. Starting beef, kid. Beef. Uh, did, oh, did, he, did he forget to thank him during good nights? That's, I, that's usual. I totally didn't notice that. I don't. I don't even know. I guess. I don't know if he's trying to you know, start some beef or what, but like, uh, I watched I the show on YouTube. So I, and they don't post the good nights. So I did not see them. So if anything mm. has happened during the good nights, I missed it. Oh, no. Right. I mean, I doubt there was any legit, uh, slight or anything. I he probably just slipped his mind or maybe they were really pressed for time. Was it a short good night? Was um, only had like 10, 20 seconds or something. Yeah, no, he had, he had 10 or 20 seconds. From, okay. For what I remember, like it kind of, yeah, he was like saying some words, like, "Oh, this is a dream, true dream come true for me," and there, yeah, there was definitely time, but I didn't notice him not doing that. Oh, okay. Well, mm, oh, snap, what, kid. What's up with that? Okay, I'm gonna yeah. have to go on Peacock and look at the good nights and mm-hmm. and see what's what's up with this. Um, Ooh, we, what's up with that? Yeah. Uh, we also have an R. Lopez who commented uh, there at uh, Renee Lopez says. Uh, with the exception of the medical open and Longfellow's update set, this entire episode could have happened last season. Is this really as much of a transition era as people thought it would be? Um, mm. yeah, but I, I don't know if it's going to instantly be a new show. You know, I think it's, it's always a gradual process, especially with, I mean, let's not forget that a lot of the, the old cast carried over as well. I mean, most everybody who's been there has been there for several years at this point. Yeah, that's true. I think it's one of those things that's going to take a little bit longer for them to, uh, yeah, I know, I know, I guess a lot of people expected that, Oh, this is a new year. 
they got new cast members, new logo, new fonts. So yeah. like, everything is going to be new right out the gate. And I think this episode proved that that's not exactly true. Like it's going to be new, but it's going to take a yeah. while to get to for them it's, to find their footing. Yeah, it's going to be new ish. I mean, it's always Lauren seems to favor, you know, just sort of a steady transition with it, like a gradual thing. And, you know, a lot of a lot of the um I don't want to say old cast or a lot of the established cast and the established writers are carrying over. Uh, so yeah, I think a lot of the show is going to feel the same and it's, it's always, it always takes a while for the new people to get kind of integrated and to establish themselves. I think the only one who really made a big impression in this episode was Longfellow. Um, you know, Molly popped up in a couple places. Uh, yeah. And then there was, a. Uh... Hernandez, Marcelo yeah. Hernandez, but he was in like the cold open and that was it. Yeah, yeah. So, oh no, he he was also in the B reel, but that was like for a split second. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be a while before it feels like a new show, I think. And it and it's it's more something in retrospect. It's like when when you watch like the 10 p.m. rerun from even like, you know, five or ten years before, and you realize like how different the show was back then, you're like, oh yeah, the show really has changed. So, yeah, give it give it some time. Give it yeah. some time. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I I would like to see the show remake itself and rebrand itself a little bit more, but I don't I don't think it's it ever instantly does that unless like you have a clean sweep with the cast. And the last time we really had a clean sweep with the cast was like ninety five, and even right. then a few people carried over like uh, like David Spade and and Norm Macdonald. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Tim Meadows. I think yeah. that was funny. Yeah. So uh, overall, lackluster start to the season. Unfortunately, uh, hope, yes. Hope it gets better. I uh, I I think it'll get better. Let's just uh, let's just keep on chugging and plugging along. Like I think fingers crossed. That's right. Nowhere to go but up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's our episode, guys. Thanks for listening as always. And um, yeah, hey, we should also mention uh, who's going to be hosting next week and maybe the week after that because those. Things came out too, and we didn't even uh, get a chance who to mention is that. Who going to be hosting next week? I remember who it was. I forget the the order it was. I know we had a show where Megan the Stallion was hosting and musical guesting, but yeah. that's the third week, right? That is the third week. Uh, next week we're getting. This was a shock to me. This one because I didn't see this coming. Uh, Brendan Gleason with musical guest Willow. Yeah, that's <laughs> very out of left field. Very much so, because I mean Brendan Gleeson, he's I mean he's pretty much a character actor. Uh, he's a uh, he's he's been around for a, um, a while. He was in Braveheart. He was in Michael Clayton, or Michael oh Michael Collins. I'm sorry, Michael uh, Collins. One of the Michael was, uh, movies. It, yeah, he was in Michael. Uh, Michael, the movie where John Travolta played yes. Angel. <laughs> he, he was Michael Knight in Knight Rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the ticket. Uh, he uh, in Bruges, he was in. Uh, he was most, uh, I think most younger people will know him as Mad-Eye Moody from the Harry Potter films. Mm, yeah. And um, most recently, he played our uh, former president in that James Comey miniseries that was on Showtime uh, oh. a year ago. So, yeah, he's he's a bit of a character actor. I think the most recent thing is he has a movie out now, with uh, coming soon, with uh, Colin Farrell. Uh, it's something, it's very Irishy sounding title i forget the name of it but like yeah all his movies kind of take place in ireland he's very he's mm-hmm. he's from ireland he's that ah, seems to be his big thing yeah. 
yeah, so um, that's what he's coming out with. Yeah, th- it comes out of left field because he's not really a household name. But yeah. um, I don't know. Maybe, well, Neither I'll, is Miles Teller, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, even, yeah. even though he, he starred in a huge movie, uh, Top Gun, uh, Maverick, and uh, uh, Whiplash, which did very well. I feel like Miles Teller is getting his name out there, but I feel like he's not quite at the level that you'd expect an SNL host to be at. Um, That's true. Yeah, but I mean, if he's at that level, then Brendan Gleeson really is yeah. at that level. Because he's like, like, I had to look him up. It's like, who is he again? Yeah. And, Let's uh, see yeah. what happens, man. Oh, yeah. So the movie he's coming out with us, with uh, Colin Farrell is uh, called The Banshees of Inisherin. That is a very Irish title. Yes. Aye. <laughs> Aye. Oh. Uh, but I don't know. I keep. I mean, he could surprise us. He could have a great sense of humor. Maybe he has a background in comedy. Like he could knock it at the park. Uh, yeah. I'm willing to be open to this. This is a interesting choice to say the least. And uh, yeah. uh, Willow, of course, uh, Will Smith's kid as a musical guest. Uh, I know a lot of people really enjoy her music. I'm not super familiar with it, so like I'm willing to give it a listen and see how that uh, pans out. Think we'll get an Oscar slap joke. Mm, you think they will? I mean, they did that. No, they they did do that when she was on, like uh, during that uh, Gerard Carmichael show. Uh, they did that where Chris Red did the Will Smith slap yeah, joke. Yeah, no, I was just wondering if they were going to do something else with it, since you know Willow's going to be there. I don't think. I think it's kind of died down now. I think. I think yeah, all that would be funny as a monologue bit or something. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm not yeah. saying they should do that. I'm saying they could just spitballing. Spitballing, just, mm. just you know, just planting yeah. seeds. Some of them bear fruit. Who knows? Uh, Johnny Appleseed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's next week's episode. And then after that, we got host and musical guest Megan the Stallion, which should be uh, very interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's done. I know she hadn't done too much acting. She was, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, I guess it's, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but, uh, she was, well, she was in a sketch or two and she was there before as a musical guest. So, oh yeah, that's true. Uh, she did an episode of a show P Valley and, um, but yeah, it seems like she's trying to sort of make the, make the move into more, you know, acting roles and whatnot. So, uh, I don't okay. know. We'll see what she says. Like, uh, I think people find her funny on TikTok. So that's something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> She has the qualifications. Okay. Uh, yeah. So those are our next two episodes. And uh, so join us, folks. Let us know what you think. Uh, yes. At, yes. Yeah. Let us know what you think at SNL Nerd Show. Uh, are you, which hosts and musical guests are you really looking forward to? Who do you want to see uh, host a musical guest over the course of the season? Let us know uh, at SNL Nerd Show. You can also follow us individually on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Trumbull Comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L and the word comic. And I'm at Darren Credible, D-A-R-I-N Credible on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, that's our episode, guys. Thanks for listening as always. Uh, as always, you can listen to the podcast at non-productive.com. We got the Patreon up there. Donate money to us pretty please. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that's, I think, the, I think we're just going to wrap it up there, right? I think we're going to wrap it up there. Yeah. Okay. I think, you know, we've, we've gone on for quite some time. Holy shit. We had a lot of thoughts. We had a lot of, we had a lot of news to cover. So this is, uh, 
This was a supersized episode of the SNL Nerds show. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making it to the end. Um, We will be more succinct in the future. Absolutely. Uh Like next week with with Brendan Gleeson and Willow. But until then, nerds Nerds out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.